Hello and welcome. I am Caleb Ferris. I'm Candy Parker. And I'm Greg Osborne. And this is Action Surge, a podcast where hungover heroes and depressed demons alike can listen to us sages give shitty opinions on all things D&D. Each week we will discuss different aspects of D&D from character creation and world development to the ridiculous antics we have gotten away with in our own campaigns. Welcome back, everybody, to Action Surge Podcast. Today, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty mechanics of creating a player so you can start playing Dungeons & Dragons as soon as possible. For those who are very much not new to D&D, this might be a little bit boring of an episode for you. And for those who know people who want to start playing but don't exactly know how, this is the podcast to drop in their comments and, and or their inbox or anything. And you don't want to explain it to them. And you don't, yeah, <laughs> and this is a, if, you, if they want to start playing D&D and you just don't have the time to explain to them, use this, right? <laughs> this is your cheat sheet, all right? So let's get right into it. We're going to go ahead and start making a character. What is the first yeah. thing we want to do mechanically to make a character. Yeah, and Candy. we're going to we're going to make a character along along with you so we can have a build at the end. Um and we might even level it up like once or twice so we can you can get the idea of what a level up is like. Okay. Um, so so you have kind of a basic idea at this point. This is you have a basic idea of what your character is going to be. Um before you even roll the dice. Candace, what kind of character do you think you're gonna make? Um, I think we should I think we should do a little bit of a challenge and do a spellcaster, maybe paladin. Yeah. A half caster? Yeah. Okay. Just sure. so Does paladin start with spells? They don't. They okay. they don't get spells until second level. Okay, well cool. Then so we'll level up and we'll figure this out. All right, great. Yeah. Okay, so what's the first thing that you you should do whenever you um have a have a character idea. You got your character sheet in front of you, um, and it's empty. It's blank. Yeah, we're getting ready. So I, I would say I would say first off, I am not a fan of the character sheet that is provided by Butchers of the Coast. The ones that are there, it's a little confusing. It's over a little overwhelming to look at as a new player. I remember whenever I had my first character sheet, I was so overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do or what to find. Mm-hmm. And so I think the first thing you want to do is. Well, besides for a name and figure out what kind of class you want to play, background, all that other meta stuff, is rolling for stats. Yeah, let's pick a let's pick a race, um, just so I can. Yeah. And here's the thing: is that there's different methods of methods. There's different methods of creating stats for your character. There is roll, then there is point by, and there is, I believe, standard deviation. Yeah, there's um, a, yeah, standard standard set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Standard array. Standard, standard array. array. That's what it's called, line. right? Yeah. Okay. So let's just go in. Like, uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna do a paladin build. Um, I don't. Let's just go ahead and do elf because uh, that's okay. a pretty simple. Yeah. And and when rolling with stats, there's a lot of different kinds, and they've of course changed throughout the ages and change from table to table. Uh, common ones are you just roll three d six, and those are your, that's that's one stat. There's forty six, and then drop the lowest. And then there's, uh, you know, a spicier versions where it's like, you know, you roll a D8 and then you add 10 to it. And so then that you get pretty much good stats, not too many bad stats. Yeah. So I, I personally like, uh, roll 46, drop the lowest die, and then you add up the highest three and that is your, and that is your stat. So yeah. is that how we want to do the build today? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go ahead and okay. do that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a wood elf paladin with an athlete background. All of that doesn't really matter. Whenever like sure, we, and you can always change it. Um, 
So, and, and here's the great thing about this is that you can use the same dice roll for multiple characters. So while you're building your paladin wood elf, mm -hmm. I'm going to make a lightfoot halfling sorcerer. Okay. So, so here there we go. go. Yeah. And you're going to do this six times and you're going to arrange these stats to fit whatever you want them to be, either, right. either strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. And you guys are going to get to hear some dice roll. Click, clack. ASMR. Okay, so we Ooh. rolled a two, a six, a five, and a five. So we're going to drop the two, add five, five, six. That's 16. Um, that's a 16. So I'm going to write that down, 16. We're going to do that um, five more times. Five, three, five, two. So that's 10, drop. 13. You drop the two. Yeah. Right. Another time? Can I have you always roll my characters? Uh, yeah, <laughs> These sure. are really good. Just let me know, you know. when. Okay, so we rolled a 5, a 5, a 4, and a 2. So we're going to drop the 2. 5 plus 5 plus 4 is 14. Um, Greg, would you like to do the honors? Oh, yeah. Okay. Gonna, this is going to be great. I'm gonna, it's going to be like a four, four ones. Oh, okay. So we got a, a 3, a 6, a 3, and a 2. Um, so drop the two. Once again, drop the 2. So that's 6, 9, 10, 11, 12. So we got a 12. Um, Caleb, do you want to do the honors yeah. on the 5th? Ooh, 1, 6, 6, and 3. Drop the 1. Drop the 1. So that's 12, 13, 14, 15. We're these are pretty good, oh, guys. Man. Yeah. yeah, for beginners. Okay, sets. and then um, I'll roll the last one. <laughs> oh yes, that's Yay! that's a four, a four, a one, and a one. So that's um. Drop the one. Nine. Yeah. Nice. Um. Okay. So, so that gives us a what a sixteen, a fifteen, a fourteen, a thirteen, a twelve, and a nine. Yep. That's a really nice spread. Yeah. The highest you can roll with 46, drop the lowest, is 18. Yeah, but like the highest stat that you can have at this level is 20. Like you can't at, at, any, at, at, really, any, level. at any level. At any level yeah, is, is 20. 20. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you take an elf and you have an 18, mm -hmm. uh, you would have a 20 dex if you put that in dex because yeah. the elves get a plus two to dexterity. Right. Um, <clears throat> and depending on how you play and who you play with, uh, you, you'll have different stat modifiers based on your race or class that are going to add. Yeah. So, and, and that, that can also be homebrewed, um, depending on your DM. So that's a conversation right. that you want to have with your DM. If you don't want to do racial based, um, Stats. stat increases, that's completely fine. That's a conversation that you need to have with your DM. Basically you want to place your highest stat into your main like category that you're going to be using so if you're making a paladin your highest stat is either going to be probably strength or um wisdom right they're wisdom no, they're charisma. Charisma. <laughs> charisma so it'll be it'll be like strength or charisma because they're charisma casters so basically that means that the way that they cast spells is based off of your charisma score yeah. And your charisma modifiers. Yeah. So here's the thing about paladins as well, is that this is also things that few people actually care about, but 
per rules, there is a 13 strength requirement in order to be a paladin. Mm -hmm. And it's simply because there's a lot of armor that has a 13 strength requirement to wear. And paladins can wear light, medium, and heavy armor. And it also depends on what kind of weapon you want to use. If you want to be a dexterity-based paladin, you want to put your uh, one of your higher scores into dexterity. So you are able to have a greater chance to hit and do more damage when you hit. So it really is going to depend on what kind of a weapon you're going to be wanting, uh, wanting to use because paladins, for all intents and purposes, are melee characters. They use weapons to hit things. Yeah. So one, one kind of pro tip that I would throw out there is on page 163 of the player's handbook is the multi-classing prerequisites. And what this says is that if you're going to multi-class into another class, you have to have not only the prerequisites for the class that you're in, but also in the class that you're going. But when you're building a character and you have a class in mind, you can go in and look at those prerequisites and mm -hmm. that will tell you what the keying attribute is that drives that class. So for instance, if I look at Paladin, it says strength 13, charisma 13. Mm -hmm. So you want to have high score in strength and charisma for a Paladin. My character is going to be a sorcerer, so I want a high charisma. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've put an array, and we can change these if you guys disagree. But basically, since the highest stat that we rolled was a 16, um, and there's no racial bonus to that, I'm going to put that in either charisma or strength. What would you guys do? Uh, for paladin if i'm going to be if i am a paladin i am a half caster essentially i am a hybrid player mm -hmm. i'm going to be hitting things a lot more than i'm going to be using spells and so i'm going to want a higher strength okay if i'm using a strength-based weapon okay. so the 16 score is going to go in the strength yes and then the 15 score is going to go in the charisma elves have a plus one to wisdom and a plus two to dex so i put a I'm gonna. I th I think that the next highest stat should be Constitution, just because you know you can get that bonus to hit points. Um, basically, the higher Constitution you have, the more hit points you will have, um, because it's a higher bonus. Um, so, can you explain what that means, like bonuses and um, modifiers? Can you explain what a modifier is? Okay, so a, a modifier is related to the score that you have for. Strength, Dexterity, Constitution, Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma. And it is based around uh, how high or low it is, and it's to a varying degree. Essentially, every two that you have, every even number that you land on, is a new and either higher or lower um, modifier that you have on your roll. Yeah. So, like, if I have a 16 strength, that means that I have a... a plus four three. Plus, plus three th a plus three modifier so that okay. means that i add that to my attack basically so basically that's why you want a higher stat is so you have a higher modifier yeah in that in that score yeah uh greg let's get into the nitty-gritty of what the numbers mean sure um so <clears throat> when i am putting together a character uh so like for instance this particular one that i'm doing which we've already kind of decided on our race uh before we even start before i rolled the dice of a halfling a lightfoot halfling um when i'm when i'm building a character for myself if i am going the min maxi route 
I usually will do the stats first and then pick an appropriate race. And there, there are certain races that synergize well with different classes. So like, for instance, a wood elf, like uh, Candy has picked, uh, they get a plus two, wood elves get a plus two to dexterity and a plus one to wisdom, yeah. which synergizes really well with monk. Mm-hmm. Monks need high dex and high wisdom to get that yeah. sweet, sweet armor class increase. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily synergize very well with uh, Paladin because neither dexterity nor wisdom is required mm-hmm. for a Paladin. Yeah. That is an appropriate role-playing choice, though. Yeah. If because, you... yeah, if, there, there are going to be Wood Elf Paladins. Yeah. And if that's the if that's the character you have in mind, this yeah. fleet-footed hiding in the woods but steps yeah. out and just smacks you with their their holy weapon the definitely the racial choice is it's all that's an rp decision is like and and tasha's has made it so you can homebrew that that is and and i think that that can be homebrewed as well if you want to play a wood elf and you want and and you want that to be that instead of a plus two to dex you want that to be a plus two to strength that's a dm conversation to have with the people at your table and i don't see any problem with that absolutely um so anyway um so you you have the abilities and and you lay your your scores out um with this particular role i think it's really interesting because we have that nine which is a uh minus one modifier so an eight or a nine would be a minus one modifier it's in that kind of band of scores yeah so a 10 is neutral Neutral. it's a zero 10 and 11 is zero uh 12 and 13 is a plus one Mm -hmm. etc um but, you know, you, you look at your character, and so my character, I would decide it's going to be a sorcerer. Um, sorcerers are, are casty, casty, magic, magic. They, they're they not charisma. going to... Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they're charisma-based. So they're not going to be getting in there toe-to-toe with somebody and, and whacking each other with pointy sticks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't need a high strength. Yeah. So that's in, in the parlance. We call that a dump stat. So yeah, I'm gonna dump that. Yeah, and and a lot of people, it it really depends on the class that you're playing on what you want your dump stat to be, and you might have rolled really well, and you don't really have a dump stat, and that's fine. Or you know, you yeah, depending sorry. on your DM, you might have a couple dump stats. Yeah. Uh, so, sometimes your dump stat is, oh man, it's only a plus two. Yeah, <laughs> and and like in in the game that I um like in in different games, you know, you're your DM might allow like no one has a score below 10 or no one has a score below eight or something. In my games, I typically like my players to have at least two scores that are 15 and higher. And if they don't, I make them re-roll to get a score that way or simply just add in either 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. So on your, on your character sheets, um, as you're looking at those stats, you'll, you'll see the block for strength, dexterity, constitution. You notice that there's, like a big section and then right below that a little circle. And this can be done one of either way. You can either put the raw score, which is the, you know, 9, 16, 18, 3, whatever. You can put that in either the big space or the little space, but whatever you've left blank, that's where your modifier goes. And it's just for an at-a-glance 
you know, there are going to be times when you're going to need to know just what your dex modifier is. Yeah. yeah. And at a certain point, guys, like this is going to be very overwhelming for you. It was very overwhelming for me when I first started playing. After you start using these stats more, you start to memorize them just yeah. as you start to and, use them. And there are apps and stuff to help you do all of that or D&D Beyond, things like that. You know, we use like different apps and stuff, but I think it's important to understand where the stat comes from before you start using the apps and yeah. stuff because at, like I learned from the app and I think that that slowed my understanding of what the stuff means. So I think doing it... Paper and pencil. Paper is... pencil. If, at first, you know, if you if you don't care to understand it and, you know, or whatever, then you can. But I think that right. writing it in and understanding what modifier, what it, it means. How it impacts. And yeah. that, that if you take an ability score increase at a certain level, that you know that that, that ups your modifier. And you, can, and you know that that changes. With an app, it'll automatically do it for you. So you might not understand. You might get the mechanics of it. Now, now we have our stats, and we've got our, mm -hmm. our class, and we've got our race. So what I would say is, you know, go in, and if you're, if you're using an app, great. It's just going to fill in a bunch of this stuff for you. But if you're not, if you're, if you're a paper and pencil kind of person, and again, I think Candy and I strongly recommend that, at least for your first few characters, to, to put it pencil to paper, it just makes it click better. Yeah. But, you know, the, the first thing you want to do is you want to just start kind of filling in some of the, the thing. Well, I've picked a race. All right, great. What are the, what are the racial benefits of being an elf? Oh, okay. I've got dark vision. You definitely want to put that down under your, you know, features and traits. Elf, dark vision. Yeah, and all of that is under your character description in the player's handbook or in the whatever what Xanathar's, Volos, whatever, yeah, whatever Tasha's book you got. Uh, yeah, your what, player, whatever book from. Yeah. And exactly. it'll have all of that. And I think maybe we talk about proficiencies next. Yeah. Uh, so when you say proficiencies, you're you're talking about the proficiency bonus. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So proficiency bonus is kind of a mechanical way to describe how good your characters are at general things, mm -hmm. you know, that you are proficient with, that you have an under a working understanding of. Things like um, perception, investigation. Yeah, these are all, um, all skills that intimidation, you Intimidation. Swinging a sword. Yeah, yeah. athletics, um, stealth, sleight of hand, those are all, those are all, like, skills that you could have proficiency in which is basically which means that it's an additional score that you add on to that role so you um do you want to explain what a proficiency is so your proficiency score is something that you all start out with and um i believe and it, it essentially goes up as you level up right and and it's the same for all the characters for all characters yeah. at the same level yeah yeah so first through fourth level, your proficiency bonus is going to be plus two. Yeah. And then fifth through eighth level, you're going to be plus three. And then ninth through twelfth level, you're going to be plus four. Thirteenth uh, through sixteenth, you're going to be plus five. And then seventeenth through twenty, you're going to be plus six. Yeah. Um, so this... basically, like, you're going to uh, use that as an additional score to your modifier of that um, per, per, particular skill. There are two things that impact how good you are at a skill. One is your 
physical or mental attributes, mm -hmm. so strength, dex, con, intelligence, wisdom, charisma, those all impact how good you are at something. So you can be very, very smart and be good at history, mm -hmm. you know. But also, you can be proficient at it. That means someone has spent the time to teach you. You are learning mm -hmm. actual proficiency in this skill. Um, so you can be just raw, intelligent, good at history. But you can also be not very smart, but proficient at it. Mm -hmm. And so either of those can give you a plus or both. If you have both, you get both pluses. Yeah. You get to add your modifier. You get to add your modifier and your proficiency bonus to a skill that you are proficient in. And how do you know what skills you're proficient in? So you will basically when you're creating your character, you're going to you. It's based off of your background and your and your race. Background, right? race, and class. Background, race, and class. So, okay. so with class, so let's let's start with races. Some races have have proficiencies. Um, so drow have like here's just a random example all drow uh have proficiency in crossbows Ta-da! and so you can be a drow anything and know how to use a crossbow yeah correct yeah um, but, but as far as a, a a number to add to a specific um role like for my paladin that i'm building i automatically get um an acrobatics proficiency, an athletics proficiency, and a per perception proficiency. Um, because probably because of my background that I chose, which is athlete, athlete, right? Um, and a wood elf. So I can, and then I can add as my choice two other skills based on your class. Yeah. And so, for instance, sorcerers get to choose two from arcana, deception, insight, intimidation, persuasion, and religion. Um, what you notice is not in there is survival, uh, athletics, mm -hmm. you know, that, yeah. that kind of makes sense. This sorcerer is, is more interested in the arcane arts, not really jumping over things and you know not learning acrobatics. Yeah. And so how do you choose these these additional proficiencies that you get to choose is probably going to be from an RP standpoint or like how you want to play your character if you want them to be really good at like um I don't know maybe your like religion or insight or something that that's going to be an RP decision um so usually so candy um paladins get to choose two from athletics insight intimidation medicine persuasion and religion mm -hmm. so you know pick, pick two yeah so i'm think i'm gonna pick um insight and religion ah uh, that old time religion yeah and guys sometimes these proficiencies overlap yeah so whenever that happens don't panic just pick another proficiency yeah, yeah. yay more proficiencies yeah so, um, cool. So for me, I think what I'm going to do is my character is going to select uh, Arcana because it's always good to know what you're casting. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to pick, uh, you know, I think, it's, I think it is funny to be a Lightfoot halfling who's intimidating. Yeah. So, so That's I, a fun, I'm gonna, yeah. He's going to have a high charisma or she is going to have a high charisma because this uh, 
sorcerer has charisma based stuff, so intimidation kind of pairs well with that. Yeah. So giving giving a bonus to that is 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 good. Yeah, and so basically these proficiencies are inter like mingled with a specific stat. So perception is a uh is a it's a wisdom stat, right? Yes. So if you have a wisdom if you have like a high wisdom and so your proficiency or your modifier is high and then you take a proficiency in perception that's going to be a higher score or a higher like modifier modifier total so it but if your dump stat is like strength and you pick a proficiency in athletics you're going to have an initial negative to your strength and then you add your whatever your proficiency is so like if you have a, a minus two to your strength and then you take a proficiency in athletics then you're gonna have a a plus zero basically if you have a plus two proficiency it it, it just completely depends on your stats yeah so but so like if you have a, a if you have low stats your proficiencies allow you to bump certain uh, attributes of that stat and so it it helps you essentially not just be terrible at certain things yeah okay so so now we have our stats we've got our class we've got our race and we've got our proficiency bonus at first level is plus two. So now let's go ahead and we're just going to start kind of mechanically filling in things like yeah. saving throws. So saving throws are based on your class. So for a paladin, it's you are proficient in wisdom and charisma mm-hmm. for saving throws. So on your character sheet, you'll depending upon what character sheet you're using, if you're using the one the, the back of the player's handbook, you'll notice that there are little dots next to <clears throat> strength, dex, con, intelligence, wisdom. You just fill in the dots on the ones that your class drives. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Candace would fill in wisdom and charisma. Sorcerers, on the other hand, they get con- uh, constitution and charisma. So I would have a saving throw bonus of proficiency in constitution and charisma. I would put little checks there. And then you take your ability modifiers and you just fill in the the underscore line in front of the word. So for me, strength, am I proficient in it? Mm-hmm. No. Do I have a modifier? Yes. I'm minus one. So on anything that's a that's a strength save for me, so say the ogre is trying to push me off a cliff, mm-hmm. I have a minus one to that roll. I'm wee. I'm a little man. Yeah. <laughs> Getty is not very strong. <laughs> Don't push me up the hill, ogre. Yeah. Um, however, if it's a dexterity saving throw, I'm not proficient in it, mm-hmm. but I put 16 plus 2 for my being a halfling, Gives me a plus four bonus index, so my dexterity saves are plus four. That's pretty good for a first level character. Yeah. Uh, constitution. I've got a an ability score of fourteen. That's where I put my fourteen. So that's a plus two modifier for for constitution, but I'm also proficient as a sorcerer. So I'm plus two dex, plus two proficient. Proficiency that gives me a plus four constitution saving throw. Did you explain at base what a saving throw is? No, that's a good, <laughs> that's, that's probably a good piece of information. So saving throws are rolls that you that you make when you are 
opposing certain either outcomes or conflicts of certain types. Mm -hmm. And usually if it's um, a spell, it will specify what kind of like... What attributes? Yeah, what attribute you're going to use. So um, a lot of spells have like a dexterity saving throw, which means, which, which will indicate what kind of modifier you will use if it's the if it's the straight modifier or if it's the save usually there's a higher if it's a save then that's usually higher depending on your proficiency right and and to be fair there are spells that will target each and every one of these so some spells uh are resistant resisted by strength saves yeah some spells are intelligence saves which yeah Yeah. and different them do different things yes yeah so Um, that's the difference and and like if that's the difference between hey i'm looking for um anybody that looks like they're trying to steal something or whatever that's a perception check or an investigation check so because it's not being opposed by anything so so typically a strength save would be something that's physically trying to move you a deck save would be something that you are physically trying to move out of the way of, like a fireball or a lightning bolt. A constitution save would be something that you are trying to resist, like a poison or uh, some necromantic spells. Mm-hmm. Um, an intelligence save would be... Mental fortitude. Mental fortitude. Can you resist this psionic damage? Um, wisdom saving throw is typically something where you're saving against some side of some type of charm effect mm-hmm. yeah or some or some more esoteric right like um uh how is it extraterrestrial forces trying to maybe pull at your soul right like, like a possession like or a something possession. Yeah. and and a charisma saving throw is the force of your will the strength of your will your willpower to do something usually uh, you know and i think we've talked about this before or if we haven't i wished we had that Charisma, I've always felt, has been one of those kind of misnamed attributes. It's It hails back to first edition. They call it charisma then, so we call it charisma now. Mm-hmm. But charisma, you know, it, we, we conflate that with being charming or good looking. Mm-hmm. But really, it's kind of, it's that and your force of will. It's your force of personality. Right. So, okay, so that's, those are saving throws. Yay, we're done. And then we've picked our skills, and we have, again... Just like with saving throws, you have an attribute portion and a proficiency portion. Mm-hmm. If you've chosen one of those skills as your proficiency skills, you get the proficiency bonus. Mm-hmm. But then you go through every one of those from acrobatics down to survival. Mm-hmm. And you just put in your attribute bonus or, yeah. or minus in my case. So yeah. so if I'm looking at athletics for, for my, my character, Gary the Sorcerer, um, he's going to get a minus one in athletics because mm-hmm. he's just not very strong. Yeah. Um, so what's next? Hip, do you want to do hit points? Yeah, hit points. Okay. So each class will have a different die that we'll use to indicate how many hit points you have. The highest hit point die is a D12 for... Barbarians. A barbarian is that the only class that <laughs> that's it yeah and then um so the paladin that i have is going to roll a d10 a 10-sided die um i think that i don't know i like to i would like to have my players max their first that's typically level. that's typically how most players most dms run that and of course it's open to homebrew yeah so um, like at, at level one 
you know, you either roll your die. I'll, I'll roll mine just, you know, for the sake of for rolling. I rolled a, I rolled a one <laughs> on my die. So I've never met a DM who lets you keep a one. Yeah. They let you re- typically they let you re-roll but, that die if but you roll for too the, low. For the sake of understanding, that would be one plus my constitution modifier, which is a plus two. So basically at first level, I would have three hit points, which is way l- lower than like a commoner. So, so, here's, so here's my so here's my sorcerer. I'm going to roll. I rolled a two. Which, which is what kind of a hit die? It's a d6 for sorcerers. Um, and my, uh, my con bonus is also a plus two. So I start with more hit points. Than the paladin. Yeah, so... That's problematic. Yeah, so, like, uh, I think just across the board, it's usually a maxed stat at... At first level. At first level. So I'm going to do max. Which is going to be... A a 10 total plus my constitution modifier, which is 2. So it would be a 12. And mine would be a 6 plus 2 and 8. Yeah. All right, yay, we've got hit points now. Yeah. Wow. We, We could fight. Okay. So the next, the next on the, if you're reading top to bottom, left to right, the next would be armor class. But you don't really know your armor class until you've, you know, bought armor. Yeah. So let's ah, let's so let's skip that one. For, well, do for we want to just talk about what an armor class is? Yeah, an armor class. So first of all, I think one of the big confusions that people get with hit points and armor class is that the the narrative nature of Dungeons and Dragons is that. People try, tend to look at those as armor class. That's how hard I am. No, not really. It's just how difficult it is to damage somebody. Mm-hmm. And people look at hit points as, you know, from the very first blow I take, you're you're cutting, slicing, crushing, burning me. I'm taking damage. Mm-hmm. That's because we call them damage dice. Um, but that's not really the case, in my opinion. Um Hit points are more esoteric than that. Um, it's just your it's your ability to not fall down, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, and yeah, at some point for me, it's usually about halfway through your hit points, uh, you start actually taking physical damage. But the first few strikes at you may not even cut or harm you. It's just wearing you down. Mm-hmm. It's it's exhausting your ability to get out of the way from further hits yeah um and so and typically um whatever your armor class is it's not going to just be how thick your armor is but essentially how hard you are to again damage and that can be based on your dexterity oftentimes so, so how I'm, do you how do you know what your armor class is well i'm a sorcerer so i'm going to take plate mail well mm. base oh wait <laughs> yeah i can't because you do not have an armor proficiency so so base armor class is 10 plus your dexterity dexterity modifier so my depending like my paladin that i've created is a base 10 with a plus two dex so that's a 12 armor class and i am a base 10 plus four so i am a 14 armor class yeah naked Yep. Yeah. So that's with no additions that's no armor you're in a t-shirt and shorts yeah and um but we're gonna start off with equipment if you look in your your player's handbook under classes um it talks about class features it tells you your hit points it tells you what your hit dice is tells you what dice to roll Mm -hmm. um it tells you hit points at first level 10 plus your constitution modifier and then at higher levels 
It's a D10 or six if you want to take the average plus your constitution modifier per level. And it's kind of interesting to note that if you increase your constitution at later levels, it increases your bonus at all levels, right? So it back it, it retroactively raises your uh, your, constitution. your constitution. So paladins have proficiency in all armor and shields. Sorcerers, on the other hand, I don't think they have don't. any armor proficiencies. <laughs> yeah, there there are none. Um, it might be light armor. No, actually, I don't think there's any armor. Maybe I don't know. Well, Let's I, look it up. I'll do, yeah, that's, um, that's how we do this. And, and here's the, uh, just a quick. Um, quip into here is that you can wear armor if you are a sorcerer, but it has if you're not proficient in that armor, there are negative things that happen to you. Essentially, right. you're just wearing it, but you can't use it. You, you can't you can't cast spells while you're wearing armor that you're not proficient in because it's heavy and it spells it, yeah. spells require typically somatic components where you're moving your arms around, you're wiggling your fingers in certain ways, you're accessing certain pockets to get out components. And you just can't do that in play now. Um, yeah. And that that's fine. Um, I, I think back to the scene in the Conan the Barbarian movie, the first one, oh, when, yeah, they, first one. when they slap the armor on that wizard and he's running around and he falls down like a turtle. That's very... That, there you go. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so uh, starting equipment for uh, paladins is you get a martial weapon and a shield or two martial weapons and then chain mail. So, you know, if you take chainmail and a shield, you can look at the equipment section and that will tell you what your equipment bonus is. We don't want to get too deep into this in this particular building a character, but yeah. but it but it's there and you can look it up. Yeah. Uh, but a shield will give you plus 2, plus two typically to yeah. your armor class. Um so and you know, it it'll tell you if you can wield a shield or not. Um and then you know, if you want to do cost wise and then, and then armor also has like, n there are negative things as well that can happen. Like if I'm a paladin willing, wearing full plate mail, then I'm going to have disadvantage on, um, stealth, stealth check. checks because I'm noisy. <laughs> clink, clink. Yeah. yeah you're just clank, 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 clank. Like, and not just clank either. Like you have metal rubbing up against metal. It's just, it's noisy. Think of knights in any movie you've seen. Creaky. Yeah. Sloshy. Yeah. Yeah. They make noise. But the, the base armor class for chainmail is a 16. And then you're carrying a shield. Mm -hmm. So you're an 18. 18. Yeah. There's no bonus for for dexterity so your armor class is just 18, 18. yeah um now alternately um, if you had a say a plus three dex mm -hmm. um half plate is 15 plus your dex modifier well your dex modifier is a two right mm -hmm. so you would have a 17 armor class with well just your and and certain armors though have a maximum amount of modifier you can add to them yes so it's max two on on most medium and on all the medium armors, and there's no no uh, dex maximum on light armors because it's light. You can move around. You're free to free to jump out of the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But base. So without with this character base, they they don't have any armor wearing. Usually, like a paladin would would wear armor because they can. Yeah. And that's a conversation that you can have with your D, DM on what kind of armor you would have at level one or whatever level you're starting with. Ideally, if you're starting at a higher level, then you would have better armor. If you're starting at level one, then your character probably doesn't have plate mail. Yes, chain, <laughs> they have chainmail and a shield because that's what you come with. Yeah. Or chainmail and, and, and two weapons. 
Okay, so so next on the track is initiative and then speed. Mm -hmm. Both of those are driven by your well, initiative is driven by your stats, by your dexterity, mm -hmm. right? Some class abilities and feats, which we will talk about at a later date, can increase your initiative. But at first level, it's pretty much just going to be your dexterity. Yeah. Um, so your dexterity is plus two, so your initiative modifier would be? Two. Yeah. So initiative is whenever you're in, like initiating combat, your DM is going to you know, probably say, like, roll for initiative. Basically, you're going to take your d20, roll it. I rolled a five on my initiative, so my initiative would be a seven. And that's basically a numerical order for which... Your your turn is going to take. So my character rolls a two, <laughs> but I'm plus four. Yeah. So I'm a six. Yeah. So you're a seven. I'm a six. Yep. So Candy will, even though I am more dexterous and faster, typically than Candy's character. Yeah. This time I'm going after her. Yeah. And this will change each new combat. Yeah. That your initiative will stay the same until you level up your until your dexterity changes or you take a feat or like you said earlier, but um your initiative will change because you're gonna roll different dice every time. Um so But it'll always be a D twenty. Yeah, it'll always be a D twenty. What about your speed? So speed speed is based on your race, right? So Candy, you decided to be a wood elf. What's, yep. the, what's the speed for a wood elf? Um, it's 35. 35. That's fast. The typical speed for most medium-sized creatures is 30. So humans move the, the good old human benchmark. Mm -hmm. we, we, work, we move uh, 30 feet. So, Caleb, what does a speed mean? Uh, speed is essentially how many tiles or hexes uh, you can move on a battle map at a time. And so if you are a wood elf, you move with a speed of 35, that's 35 feet per round using Which, your movement. Mm -hmm. And so that is going to be, if you're going by five feet and you're at a tile, you're going to go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. You're going to be moving seven tiles. Mm -hmm. Now, Gary, the sorcerer, he's a halfling. He's wee. He's a tiny little man. Yeah. And he moves, uh, has a base walking speed of 25. Yeah. So that means that's five tiles, right? Rather yeah. rather than seven. So it it's easy to see how in not too many rounds, Candy's character can just quickly outdistance Gary. Yeah. And you know, this will be things that you will learn later on. Things that are important to your character will determine what kind of class you play. If you want to play a super fast character, then you're not going to want to play a, a halfling because <laughs> they're not going to have the speed. You probably want to play a wood elf, maybe you want, and then your class probably be like a monk or something because they get bonuses to start, and then you can take feats to increase that. And all this stuff can be changed as you progress in the game. So just super keep that zoom. in mind. Super or in discussions with your dungeon master. Absolutely. True. So the, those are our speeds. So the, the next thing we're going to look at are our attacks and spell casting. Um, we'll start with attacks because that's kind of easier. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, depending on the weapon that you have, that will determine what type of um, skill skill you will use to make that attack. So my highest stat as a paladin is strength. So I want to use. For my character specifically, I want to use a strength-based weapon, which could be, um, like, what's a strength-based weapon? A longsword. Like a longsword. Yeah. Okay. So a longsword has a 
D8 damage. Die. Die. But um, it's a strength-based weapon, so I'm going to add my strength modifier and my proficiency modifier. And you add your strength to hit and to damage. You add your proficiency to hit only. Yeah. So um, I'm running up to attack. At level one, I have one attack, so I'm going to roll my d20. That is a natural 14 plus 5 because I have a plus 3 to strength and a plus 2 to proficiency, which makes that a 19 to hit. Caleb, does that hit? Uh, it does hit. Um, okay, cool. Well, because I hit, now I get to roll damage. Um, so my damage for a longsword is a d8. I rolled a 3, so 3, and then I get to add my strength to my damage. So three plus three is six. So I did six points of damage. Is the kobold still alive? Uh, the kobold is dead. Yay! Yay! Huzzah! And you've just, cre- just committed murder oh. and are going to jail. You probably shouldn't do that in the end. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do that to your players. <laughs> um, okay, so I... I did my attack, and um, that's all I can do for my player right now. And just so people don't get too confused with a longsword, longswords are what we call versatile, which means you can, in fact, use one hand or two hands with it, and it will change what kind of damage die you use with it. And there's a couple weapons that are like that. Most are not like that. But what's what's another trait for weapons? So you have versatile. What about you have finesse? Oh, what's finesse? Um, Greg, since you want to talk about finesse, oh, I, I, do want to, I do love. So so not not everything you're you're swinging is going to be a big heavy weapon like a longsword. Some some are light and fast like a dagger or a rapier, and those you can swing with your strength, right? If I if Candace picks up a dagger or or a rapier, she can just Bash you to crud with that thing! And that is totally fine. She can use her strength stat on that. But if Gary picks up a rapier, he's not using his strength to strike you with that. Now, he's not proficient with rapier because of my class. But if I were in a class where I was proficient with that, I could use my dexterity and proficiency to strike you with it and use my dexterity modifier to do damage with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for Gary, um, I'm not proficient with the rapier. I pick it up and I roll a 10. So I don't get plus two for my proficiency, but I do get plus four for my dexterity because I'm just I'm just fast. Yeah. So I've rolled a 14. Does a 14 hit the cobalt? 14 hits the cobalt. 14 hits the cobalt. So it's a rapier. It is like the... Longsword, it is also a D8 in damage. So I've also rolled a 3, but I have a plus 4 to my dex, so I do 7 points of damage. Mm-hmm. I have super murdered that poor cobalt. Yeah. Again, we should stop doing this in the common area of Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just our server. <laughs> so, so, Greg, explain what's the difference between a finesse and a light weapon. So a finesse weapon is... I don't know. (laughs) So for a light weapon, uh, it's similar to a finesse weapon in that they are light, Mm -hmm. but uh, the the benefit to being light is you can use it in your offhand. Um, 
So for instance, a rapier is both light and finesse, which means you can use a rapier and a dagger, which is also light. You can use one in each hand mm -hmm. um, and use dexterity with both because they're both finesse and light. Um, whereas a club is a light weapon. I can carry a club in each hand and and use one and then as a bonus action i can strike you with the other mm -hmm. everybody can do that um i don't get my i don't get my proficiency bonus i'm sorry my stat bonus my dex bonus in my offhand with light weapons there are abilities that change that up um <clears throat> but with finesse i get to use dexterity with it with light, I don't. Mm -hmm. um, so with a club, I'm still beating you with it with my strength. I'm not finding that special chink in your armor with this club because that's not how clubs work. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Should we do? Do we have more weapons that we need to talk about, or should we talk about? Oh, uh, we talk about heavy and two-handed and reach. Heavy weapons are just that; they're heavy. Um, small creatures have disadvantage on attack rolls with heavy weapons. Um, that's, that's a heavy weapon. Uh, reach adds five feet to your reach when you're attacking with it. So when you're determining your opportunity attacks with it, mm -hmm. or if someone is just a little bit further away with you from you, you know, you can just poke them with that spear because yeah. that's what spears do. Yeah. Or like a glaive has a 10 foot reach instead of a five foot reach, which means that, and these are all things that would help you strategize in combat better. So if you, like, say my paladin wants to have a glaive because they want to be out of melee range of their opponent. So I can stand five feet away from my opponent and hit them with my glaive and not be within opportunity attack range, theoretically. Yeah. And they would have to take a step forward to get to hit you with their sword. Yeah. Um, but two-handed weapons, they, that's pretty straightforward. It just requires two hands to use. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you, you'll never see somebody other than maybe giants wielding a two-handed sword in one hand and a dagger in the other because that's not how two-handed swords work yeah um, um there's also and then there's and then different damage die for each most most of the weapons and and really we've been talking about melee weapons here which is you know face to face right. but the ranged weapons also have ammunition which you know requires also loading which is a some some things like crossbows it just takes longer to load those to fire them yeah yeah and the and the range on ranged weapons as they are called can vary dramatically and can either uh pose disadvantages or regular roles depending on how far away the target is right. and what kind of skills you have yeah absolutely and then and then there are also this and this might be a little too much to get into but magical uh, weapons as well which add additional things you can add to your attack but we don't have to we won't get directly into that because you probably won't have magic weapons starting off right but what you might have is a caster mm -hmm. so like gary here he's not so good with the pokey pokey crushy crushy weapons yeah um but what he does have uh, is magical ability um so before we even kind of delve into how to attack with spells we need to look at what what spells does a beginning first level character have and that again is driven by your class so for sorcerers on on page uh 100 of the player's handbook 
it breaks out the uh, cantrips known and the spells known in kind of the the little box, the, the table of, of spells. So there, there are basically uh, three things that drive spell casting. One, you have to know the spell. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, you have to have a spell slot for it to cast it if it is a level spell. Or if it is a cantrip, you can just cast that. I yeah. can cast a cantrip. And the next turn, I cast a cantrip again. Yeah. Next turn, I cast a cantrip again. Say you have eight spell slots, or in your case, in as a sorcerer, you have four or two. Two. You have two spell slots. Two spell slots, first level. That means that there are two spells you can cast all day, and they're going to be at first level. You cast two first level spell slots in a day. Yeah. Right. And and with a long rest, you you get those spell slots back. The the um, metaphor unless you're a warlock, unless you're a warlock, they get short rest. Yeah, but for but his... fewer, but fewer, but for fewer, but fewer uh, slots as you go. Um, <clears throat> the way the metaphor that I learned was cups. You know, you at each at each level, you get a slightly bigger cup. Mm-hmm. So I. I can take that, I to quench the first level thirst, I can use the big cup, because mm-hmm. that will quench the first level thirst, and I can use a third level slot, because that'll quench that first level, but what I can't use is a first level cup, because it's too small to quench a third level thirst. Yeah, it's like a, like a shot glass versus like a cup of water, right. like a big cup. It... But if I want to cast a first level spell, at third level, I can use that third level uh, slot. slot to quench that first level spell. Mm-hmm. And because I've used all of that quenching power of third level, I've used all of that cup, I get more bang sometimes, depending upon the spell, out of my first level buck. Yeah. So what is a spell that you have at first level for your sorcerer? So on, on page 209, it lists out sorcerer spells, and it, it gives a list of cantrips and first level spells. And you can kind of cross-reference this back and look at all of the spells. That It gives a, the spell's name. It tells you what level it is, what type of spell, if it's conjuration or abjuration or necromancy. So do you want um, to go ahead and, and cast a first level spell? Yeah, yeah. So my sorcerer uh, is going to have Witch Bolt. Okay. Which is, which is a, a, a really pretty, good spell. A pretty good spell, I think. Yeah. Um, so I would turn back to this, the page with Witch Bolt. Um, <clears throat> so off the top of my head, I know that Witch Bolt is a spell attack. Yes. It, it's a crackling beam of blue energy that lances towards a creature within range, which is 30 feet. Um, so the range isn't super far. Um, and I make a ranged spell attack. So how, how do you do that? Well, for any spell caster, you have a ranged spell attack, and that's 8 plus your proficiency plus your appropriate spell modifying attribute so for a sorcerer that's charisma Mm -hmm. so i have a plus three in charisma uh plus eight plus i'm proficient so that's eight plus two plus three or a a, no i'm sorry that's a resist that's a resistance i'm so sorry i i totally oh that's your dc i i I beefed that you're that's my dc to hit it's just it's not with it's that without the eight so it's plus two with proficiency plus 
three uh, for, for my modifier. So I have a plus five to hit, and I roll, and I'm rolling against their armor class. I rolled a two. Two plus five is seven. seven. Seven does not hit the kobold. Oh, man. So my crackling beam of energy goes ricocheting above his head. That's okay. a bummer. Yeah. Well, circle back around. It's your turn again. You roll... Um, uh, I, and I uh, rolled a 20. A, a natural 20. <laughs> I rolled a 20. 20 plus 5 is 25. Critical hits typically automatically hit. So I and hit. I do normally a d12 of lightning damage, but I critical, So I double that die roll. So I rolled a 6 and a 10. I did 16 points of damage with my 13, or with my little first level spell. And the kobold was turned to ash, and you are now wanted for murder. Yay! Yeah. So that and that and that spell attack will go up as your modifiers go up. And what about a spell that requires a uh, difficulty a challenge? Um, so let's let's <laughs> let's say I'm a little higher level because that that's where you start getting some of these saving throws. Maybe like lightning bolt. Like lightning bolt. Let's say I, let's say I'm going to cast yeah. lightning bolt. It it casts a line of lightning in a hundred feet and it does eight d six damage. It's it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, and it's a dexterity save. Right. So I'm not rolling to hit. They're rolling to save. Yeah. So what what do they have to save against? So DM roll a dexterity saving check. For your kobold. For my kobold, okay. My kobold has a is is he's you know he's scrappy. He has a high dexterity, Ooh, and uh, let's say he happens to be proficient, but you know he's only level two, right? So his dexterity is going to be uh, he's scrappy, so he's got like a plus three, uh, and then a plus two, so he's got a five to his sa- uh, saving throw, and the the DC for your uh, for Gary. Is going to be say what a fourteen, a fourteen, and so I'm going to roll a d20 to save against uh, this thing. I rolled a natural one, (laughs) and so a natural one is a critical failure, um, and even with a one plus five, five, it's uh, it's going to be a six. A six does not meet or beat a DC of fourteen, and so I fail, meaning I'm going to. Take the full brunt of this spell. All, yeah. all eight, all eight d six. If you had saved, you would take half the damage. Half the damage, cool. and and all this is outlined in the spell description. So, it, your spell DC basically when you cast a spell against one of the another player, hopefully not another player, but or or an enemy, your spell DC is your um. What is your spell DC? It's determined eight, like you explained before, eight plus your proficiency plus your spell casting modifier. Right. And that's going to go up again as, as, as you, you level up. Um, so your spell DC at level one is 13. 13. And since I have a paladin that can eventually cast spells, it has a spell DC of 12. Right. Um, and a spell attack of plus four. Um, so that's that's basically how you do that on your character sheet. You will put those um, <clears throat> on the second, actually third page of the character sheet in the player's handbook in the very back. Up at the top, you've got your spellcasting class and then your spellcasting ability. Mine would be charisma. Mm-hmm. Yours would be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a cleric, it would be wisdom. If you're a wizard, it would be intelligence. Um, 
And then your spell save DC, again, is that 8 plus your proficiency plus your modifier for, yeah. the, for the spell. For me, it's a 13 at first level. And then your spell attack bonus, that's a spell attack. That's like if I'm attacking you like you would attack me with a sword, that is going to be straight proficiency plus ability. Yeah. So plus 2 and then plus a 3, so plus 5 total. Yeah. So is there any other things, aspects that we want to cover today, or do you think that's good for now? I think that's pretty good. Just to, you know, when you're when you're going through it, there's a lot to know, guys. Let me recognize this. When you're when you're picking spells, pick pick the ones that look fun. And each class has different spells that they can choose from. So yeah. you know, spend a little time, go through, read, read the ones that sound interesting to you. Oh, yeah. animal, animal messenger. That sounds kind of fun. Yeah. And you read it and you're like, oh, no, this is a garbage spell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and keep in mind that it, this does sound confusing and, and difficult at first, but once you do it one time, you will get a better understanding of how the stats work, how everything works together, and it will be easier every time you use those stats if you understand it at a base level when you first create it yeah and if you guys are at a good table they're gonna people are gonna be patient with you oh absolutely. right and the thing is too though is be patient with yourself yeah and and be patient with the new players too. they love That's, one another yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody just be nice <laughs> yeah um but hopefully this is a good tool that you guys can use um hopefully it helped and it wasn't too confusing yeah or or too boring um but i think it's a good resource to have out there initially um so and, and here's here's the thing guys it's fun making characters yeah just by yourself whether you're gonna play or not so Sit down, have a couple of character concepts in your head, and make some characters. Yeah, you, you might make them wrong. That's okay. Yeah, that's that's fine. At the more characters you make, the more synergy and and benefit you're going to see by certain class and character combinations, mm -hmm. and it just it just improves the the quality of characters that you're going to yeah. play, and and sometimes it's just. It is super fun and hilarious to play a character with one just really awful dump stat. We've yeah. got a we've got a goblin that's playing with us now. He is super charismatic and charming. He's just you know an adorable little bub, but he's also dumb as dirt. Yeah, yeah. And and don't worry too much about a correct character build. It's not there's no there's no correct character build. It's all it's all based on what what you want to play if you want to play a paladin that hits a lot but they're really bad at it they have a really low strength that's cool that's completely fine if that's what you want to do if you want to play a paladin that's really 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 strong awesome if if that's and and they don't really cast spells and maybe they only do smites or whatever that's cool too. That's it's a it's about what you want to play and how you can have fun at the table. I love the idea of a super strong paladin who's super charismatic, very charming, but he's just dumb as a stump. So he yeah. keeps getting his own religion's uh, dogma wrong. Keeps <laughs> <laughs> getting confused. Yeah. Or or you know, um, guys, any race any race can be sexy and horny. Uh, like you can have the cleric that you know. It's just super freaking attractive and is just like, you know, not I mean, exactly the traditional. I mean, let's be honest, all D and D players are attractive. Or all D and D characters are attractive. <laughs> and players too. But yeah. as 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 I was saying, you don't need to necessarily play out like the religious types as the classic conservatism that we all think yeah. it is. And and but. we can get into, you know, role playing and stuff later, later but, but uh 
Hopefully you guys can use this. Um, Caleb, what's our Twitter? Uh, our Twitter is going to be at uh, surge underscore action. Uh, please give us a, a like and a follow. Um, and our Instagram and Twitter is action surge pod. Um, no. I mean, TikTok. TikTok not Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Need more caffeine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so follow us there. Comment on what you guys want to see us talk about next. Comment on questions that you have for us um and if you have questions about you know just specific character builds and and and, and thoughts on that please yeah hit, hit, hit us up on tiktok yeah or, or on, uh, on twitter or, or any of our media any, 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 of our media. any media we will gladly so. reach out to you we are all desperate to talk about D more so <laughs> uh all right well we'll catch you guys next week yeah see you guys bye everybody